Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch. Chop. Retrofit. Happy holidays, Chop Shoppers. Welcome to a very special edition of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs like us decide who is recast in those iconic roles? And you are here to bear witness to the New Year's Year in Review special where Sean and I share with you all of our favorite films of this year and as is the custom because it's 2021 we have a list of 21 films there may be some overlap there i hope so probably probably some it would be crazy if there was no overlap as many times as we like recast the same actor in a movie if we had no picks out of 21 that were overlapping (laughs) that's amazing uh but before we get into that list do you hear the sound of a ball dropping That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Howdy, Chop Shoppers. Apologies if I sound a bit baritone this week. I'm getting over what medical professionals call the crud. Russia actually is across the border from Finland. Javier Bardem is slated to play Frankenstein in the reboot of Bride of Frankenstein. I can't find any info on whether or not it will go forward, but I also can't find any info on it being shelved either, so I guess it's in dark universe limbo. That's all, folks. Ah, I love this Christmassy time of year, especially when everything is running happy and smooth like it is this season. Happy Holidays! All right. Thank you, Dana, for that. That was wonderful. And a very happy new year to you and a very good 2022. And so that will close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department and 2021. (laughs) Bye-bye. See ya. Any further thoughts on how we came about this list? Well, you know, it's funny. 20, our our respective lists. 2021 it was a weird year for movies because, was. as we'll see in the list, several films that were shot, produced, finished, and ready to go pre-COVID were not released until 2021. Right. So there's going to be um, a lot of films that uh, have been discussed, talked about, etc., mm-hmm. well in advance of their actual screening dates. So it's interesting you you mentioned that because um, on a lot of these like website lists like the uh, AV Club best twenty movies of twenty twenty one or whatever, uh, some of them are actually from twenty twenty, and I wonder if they're if they're taking that into account. By the way, we're rejoined by this animal lizard on the or is that the gecko? It oh, just ran behind the. Oh, do we have a gecko? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, joining the show, folks, <laughs> Gordon Gecko. It's going to save a lot of money on car insurance. <laughs> I try my very best throughout the year with Letterboxd to keep a running list of the movies that I think are in the running mm-hmm. for my favorite films of the year. And then as I watch movies throughout the year, some have to get bumped 
Is yeah. that the case with you as well? Oh, totally. And uh, also, we always uh, state the disclaimer, we're not professionals. So no. We don't get to see every movie. And there are probably a lot of films that uh, we're going to leave out that we just haven't yep. gotten a chance to see True. or aren't available to us in our little remote corner. Podunk, yeah. backwater. In our little corner of the United village. States. Village. Yeah, it's a village. <laughs> it takes a village, Sean. <laughs> Do you want to go first or should I? Um, These I, are in no particular order, by the way. Yeah, I'll go first. Or or are yours ranked? Well, mine are, are loosely ranked. Loosely ranked. Mine are not ranked. Mine are just in like the order my list happened to be at the okay. time that I made this amazing PowerPoint. Well, I'm going to start off with one that may not have made your list. I don't even know if you've had a chance to see it yet. But it was a film that I thought kind of busted a genre of rom-coms because it was about friendship featuring uh, Mark Duplass and Natalie Morales, and the movie is Language Lessons. Language Lessons I have not seen yet. It is uh, on my to-watch list. Love the Duplass brothers. Yep. And I believe Natalie Morales will come up again in this episode. Yeah, it's a very sweet film. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, I strongly recommend it. It does not get enough talk in terms of the great films of 2021. I really liked it. Very nice. All right. My uh, first check-in for this episode is going to be Lamb. Yeah. Lamb, the tagline, Mother Nature. A couple discovers a mysterious half-lamb, half-human newborn on their farm in Iceland. The unexpected prospect of family life brings them much joy before ultimately destroying them. This was number 302 for me. And I said at the time... Not sure exactly what I was expecting, but holy shit, it was not this. I'm still messed up from it nearly a day later. So, highly recommend. Yeah, Lamb was on my list as well. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's an A24 joint. It is. So, uh, good on them. We're, we're A24 fanboys. Yeah, there's a lot of A24 on my list. They call us A24 heads. <laughs> So uh, it seems only fitting that you talk about Lamb. Uh, the second film on my list is Pig. Oh, Pig. So this, of course, stars uh, Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. In a very un-Nicolas Cage-like mm -hmm. performance playing a... Oh gosh, I can't give away too many too many spoilers. I think you can. Uh, at think, this stage? At this stage, I think. He's a, I'm, I've got it on mine, so I'm definitely going to spoil some things. Yeah, he's a legendary chef who's been mm -hmm. living as a recluse mm -hmm. with a pig who's mm -hmm. digging up truffles and he sells them on the black market or the underground yeah. truffle trade. Yes. And someone steals his pig yeah. and he just wants his pig back. You steal my pig. So I love this movie. I it's thought it was so good. wonderful. All right, my next one is going to be Dune, the Denis Villeneuve long-awaited uh, interpretation of the Frank Hibbert, Hibbert, Herbert, Sherbert novels. Here's your tagline, Beyond Fear, Destiny Awaits. Paul Atreides, a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding, must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people. And my review, it was number 291 for me. I said, home run, visually and narratively. It's pure splendor. No problems other than I want more of this now. 
Yeah. And it, we have to wait until what, 2026 for the next something one? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, Dune was number three on my list. I really enjoyed it. I thought that some of the uh, design elements, the special effects were breathtaking. Oh, yeah. And in a, in a time when special effects are not breathtaking, where they're just so expected to be good. I don't know if it was your favorite part, but the part that you like messaged me about was you haven't been so excited to see a spacecraft take off since slave one slave one in empire yeah yeah absolutely those those dragonfly yes. ships were just the coolest so next on my list is going to be one that i just watched in the last week it's come on come on come on come on and this of course is uh it stars joaquin phoenix and gabby hoffman yes. written and directed by mike mills mm -hmm. who uh does a fantastic job focusing on children yep. and children's perspectives and in this movie uh the relationship between an uncle and a nephew who's kind of going through some uh stuff a, a rough time in yeah. his family's life uh thanks in part to the great scoot mcneary scoot enjoying some uh, bipolar disorder. True. Um, uh, I will I, tell you what my lovely wife, Michelle, drink said while we were watching this. She was like, that kid needs his ass whooped. <laughs> That's funny that she said that. He he was precocious. Yeah. I really liked it. I thought the movie was, was, was touching and uh, beautifully shot. Very much so. It's all black and white. Um, and you also made a very good point about the... Um, the two main roles. Oh, the fact that Joaquin both, and Gabby were child actors. Both child actors. And I, I love both of them as actors, but that is a interesting kind of parallel. All right. My next one is going to be Old Henry. Old Henry uh, stars Tim Blake Nelson. Okay. Tagline, you can't bury the past. A widowed farmer and his son warily take in a mysterious injured man with a satchel of cash. When a posse of men claiming to be the law come for the money, the farmer reveals a talent for gunslinging that surprises everyone, calling his true identity into question. Okay. Did you see this? I did not. No spoilers. I'm going to tell you what my review was at the time, my no spoiler review. Okay. And then you tell me what you think is the deal. Okay. Number 279, Old Henry. Could have been called Young Guns 3, Old Guns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does Emilio Estevez show up? No, but who did Emilio Estevez play in Young Guns? Billy the Kid. Thank you. That's all we have to say about that. No follow-up questions from me. <laughs> Next up for you. Last Night in Soho. Love it. It's on my list as well. I will mention it when we get there. I, I think that Last Night in Soho was fantastic. I really enjoyed both performances mm -hmm. by the leading ladies. They were great. Um, I loved that it starts out like an Alice through the looking glass mm -hmm. kind of thing. And you, you're left questioning what's happening. Is this hallucination or is yes. she really time traveling? And there's a lot of cool stuff going on there. The music is phenomenal. It, mm -hmm. it does a great job of putting you in that world. Um, the great Edgar Wright yep. directs it and it's got all the earmarks of his clever style not to give away too much but there are some eerie ghost-like characters mm -hmm. that there's a little bit of a supernatural aspect well, to this movie there, there, there is but the the representation of the ghost and why they look the way they do okay. the faceless ghosts yeah 
I thought we're we're chilling. Oh, yeah. We're chilling. And uh there's just some really cool shit in this film and I I I liked it a lot. So I'm just gonna just gonna uh whip this out and lay it on the table. Uh two contemporary auteur directors had very ambitious projects this year. Edgar Wright and Wes Anderson. Which one do you, which one of them do you think did better? I'm assuming that they're both on our list. They are. Okay. They are. Um, visually, I liked Wes Anderson's effort, mm-hmm. but as a total package, I liked Edgar Wright's. Okay. Fair enough. I've got, it's not old Henry. It's just old. Okay. This is the most recent Shyamalan feature. Tagline, it's only a matter of time. A family on a tropical holiday discovers that the secluded beach where they are staying is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. It was number 247 for me. I said, the twist is that it's only rated PG-13. <laughs> Seriously, though, Shyamalan will always be polarizing. Note the 50% score on Rotten Tomatoes. I thought it was quite enjoyable, though. I liked it as well. It's probably my favorite Shyamalan since Unbreakable. Okay. I I, I like most of his stuff. I, I, I do have not. to admit. I, do, I, I um, generally don't. And I thought that this was... We call ourselves Ladies in the Water. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was good. I, I, I seriously thought about putting it on my list, but it did not make it. Next, I've got, speaking of genre busting, mm-hmm. I went with uh, Shang-Chi. Oh, Shang-Chi was good. It was quite good. Not just for a superhero movie, I think, was my take. That's that's exactly my point. I, I thought that as a Marvel film, it was it was really entertaining. Mm-hmm. As a martial arts film, it was entertaining. More, more than just entertaining, it was great. Yeah. Uh, some really fantastic talents. Tony Leung, I mentioned a few times ago, uh, a few episodes ago, does a great job as the father figure. Mm-hmm. Aquafina, of course, gives the uh, levity that the film needs. And it's just got that nice Marvel high dollar polish to it. It goes above and beyond the Marvel um, formula of the superheroes fighting a mirror image of himself. They kind of raise the bar a little they bit. They definitely raise the bar in terms of making it an interesting standalone film that you don't even have to be into Marvel movies to right. enjoy. So I thought that they uh, they did a fantastic job on that on that mark. As we mentioned before, I was not a fan of the Shang-Chi comic books as a kid. And I, I think that uh, Chief Corrections Officer Dana did a really good job spelling out how they yeah. um, kind of fucked up the, the original origin story of Shang-Chi with the Fu Manchu thing and the... They were inspired by uh, the TV series Kung Fu. Right. Uh, it, it just wasn't good. Right. And so when I had originally heard that this was being produced, I was not excited and I slept on this movie mm-hmm. until I, when I finally saw it, I was like, well, shit, they did it right. My next check-in is going to be The Green Knight. The Green Knight, when honor was everything. An epic fantasy adventure based on the timeless Arthurian legend, The Green Knight, tells the story of Sir Gawain, King Arthur's reckless and headstrong nephew, who embarks on a daring quest. Uh, This was number 215 for me. I said another outstanding release from A24. Yep. Uh, Perfect cast, amazingly stylized cinematography, and efficient pacing. My only qualm is that there seems to be some blending of different Arthurian themes. Otherwise, great. Which, with 
a storyline and a mythos so old you're gonna get that yeah uh green knight was next on my list to discuss excellent so, uh, good on you for that as far as creating an atmosphere a feeling of being in an old legendary time mm -hmm. especially the scene in the mossy forest you know yep you you really felt it you know every ounce of the cinematography just lended itself to that that atmosphere mm -hmm. and um that's my biggest takeaway you know from seeing it so many months ago i just can i can immediately go back to that scene and it's also another one of those movies that was delayed yeah uh because of the pandemic we um we eventually got to see it but it was later than expected my next one is how it ends this podcast <laughs> no this is um directed by zoe lister jones so the tagline party like there's no tomorrow in this feel-good apocalyptic comedy Liza embarks on a hilarious journey through LA in hopes of making it to her last party before it all ends, running into an eclectic cast of characters along the way. While that is a pretty good description, it fails to mention that she is doing this with her meta former self, this uh, projection of her as an adolescent who's with her and and corresponding she might have a tumor uh it's not a tumor to attend the apocalypse party meeting a wide variety of characters along the way uh directed and directed by and starring zoe lister jones with cameos from almost every comic in the game right now how it ends we've got um nick kroll olivia wilde friend armison lamorne morris amongst many others I believe Charlie Day and his wife show up as well. We'll call this the first third. I think it's a good time to open a beer. Oh, it's great. So uh, this is called Only Happy Thoughts. Only Happy Thoughts. As we <clears throat> leave the shit show of 2021 behind and, you know, march forward blindly into this <laughs> wilderness that we'll call 2022, only happy thoughts so this is from dissolver in Asheville, north carolina we've had a couple of their beers before do they spell it funny uh yes d-s-s-o-l-v-r all right look that up on your googles uh but it is a dortmunder german style lager dortmunder so we're gonna crack this open that's pretty it's got the beautiful crystal clear mm -hmm. color not knowing the style it's uh not unpleasant it's malty mm-hmm but not overly so. Yeah. My next film we've already spoken of. It's pig. Here's your tagline. We don't get a lot of things to really care about. Sorry. We don't get a lot of things to really care about. <laughs> a truffle hunter who leaves, who lives alone in the Oregonian wilderness must return to his past in Portland in search of his beloved foraging pig after she is kidnapped. Uh, my review, this is number 191. Rob Feld is a former world-class chef, parentheses, and king of the hobos, who goes back to Portland on a John Wick-style quest to find his missing pig. See, I don't like the John Wick 
reference um and and you're excuse me a bronson-esque <laughs> <laughs> but you're not the first to make that reference yeah uh, it does have a lot of the same structure but it when i read that it created that uh, that image in my head oh mm -hmm. god he's gonna go kick ass he did there is no real ass kicking involved i'm gonna go with titan oh boy that's a heavy film it really is <clears throat> it's a weird one it's quite out there you start out thinking one thing you end up thinking something else mm -hmm. and then by the end of it you're thinking what the fuck mm -hmm. uh, it's a gender bending adventure mm -hmm. and it's most of our audience has not seen this movie it's I'm sure. truly a bizarre film mm -hmm. holy motors indeed <laughs> i mean it's got elements of like hr geiger involved mm -hmm. um you know just crazy chrome car fucking mm -hmm. weirdness yeah it's um i i found it a little bit hard to take to be honest with you and which is probably why it didn't make it onto my list but it was a very uh very stylized film to a almost aggressive degree <laughs> yeah it's just one of those strange standouts that what do you compare it to? What's going to no. come? What, I've what, never seen a movie like what that. What could possibly come out down the line that you're like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of Titan. No. You know, it's just one of those standalone mm -hmm. weird features that you'll end up one day seeing like on Criterion Although I'm Channel. Although glad, I'm glad that you're mentioning it because I thought it was pronounced Titan. <laughs> Titan. I think I said on the show Titan. <laughs> this is kind of a concert film, kind of a spoken word thing. It's a performance piece called Inside. By Bo Burnham. Uh, did you get a chance to see this? Did not. And do you have any thoughts on Bo Burnham? Oh, I love a... Bo Burnham as okay. a comedian. I love Bo Burnham as a director. So it's a comedy special shot and made by Bo Burnham alone over the course of the past year. And it was my number 156. I said, a no-holds-barred experimental performance piece created during the pandemic lockdown all caps, outstanding exclamation point. I like to, um, apparently I like to finish off a review with an exclamation <laughs> point. Uh, my next film is going to be Plan B. Oh, it's on my list as well. Good. Very nice. Good. And Good. just for the folks out there listening, Sean and I did not know each other's list before this episode. Uh, in fact, they've... They have evolved in the past day or so, correct? Yeah, I was making edits until uh, just uh, 30 minutes before recording. And I mentioned earlier that I keep a list on Letterboxd, but until we talk about them on air, that list is private. Yeah. So there's no way you can see that list. Totally. It's definitely on mine So yeah, as well. Plan B. It's about a straight-laced high school student and her slacker best friend who, after a regrettable first sexual encounter, have 24 hours to hunt down a Plan B pill in South Dakota. Dakota. Now, Chelsea would be the first one to stand up and say that that could not possibly be South Dakota because, one, there's too much diversity. Right. And... Uh, she she actually did say that. And two, nobody in South Dakota is that cool. Nobody's that cool in South Dakota. Uh, interestingly enough, my next check-in is also Plan B. Perfect. And here's your tagline. The morning after is just the beginning. It was number 151 for me. And I said, 
exactly the insane, raunchy, coming-of-age, teen buddy road trip romp we all need right now. Yep. yep. Uh, please more from director Natalie Morales. I told you she would come back up. Uh, next for me is Pixar's Luca. Luca was good. I really enjoyed Luca. And as I mentioned before on the show, I saw it as a very, very transparent coming out of the closet type story. Okay. And very much about embracing who you are and uh, being just free and proud with uh, with what you would normally have shamefully kept hidden. Letting your flag fly. Yeah. So I loved it. I thought it was great. And uh, it's right there in the middle of my list. Gotcha. I, I did see Luca, I believe, but it did not make it on my list. Uh, but you know what did? Hmm. Nobody. That's next on my list. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Never underestimate a nobody. Hutch Mansell, a suburban dad, overlooked husband, nothing neighbor, and a... Well, nobody. When two thieves break into his home one night, Hutch, Hutch's unknown, long-simmering rage is ignited and propels him on a brutal path that will uncover dark secrets he fought to leave behind. This was number 111 for me. I said, don't push him because he's close to the edge <laughs> i love this movie i thought bob odenkirk was fantastic and it was inspired by something that actually happened to bob odenkirk in real life in and real life. also while filming this he was hospitalized isn't that correct that's right yeah he was injured on set and uh it really it really took a a lot of uh, out of our our good buddy bob unfortunately this is another one of those movies that gets the john wick comparison yeah. but i believe it's by the same director or writer or yeah, there's some connective yes. tissue there uh my next pick is going to be barb and star visit vista, vista del, del mar, mar. <laughs> um in a year where we needed some comedy yes. this one delivers on all fronts you liked this you and uh regulator chelsea liked this uh, a little bit more than I did, uh, but it was a good movie. I've seen this show up in top 10 lists for several respected uh, journalists, so uh, I, I, I'm not alone in my mm -hmm. love for this. Um, not only uh, are, are the leads clever, are the, the, the dialogue's clever. Mm -hmm. You know, Jamie Dornan from uh, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey yep. is fan and, and Belfast, which we'll probably talk about later. Um, it was really funny and really good, and it's just one of those wacky comedies. Although the only the only detractor I had for this movie was the the uh, Doctor Evil kind of overtone from Austin Powers. Quit looking at me like I'm freaking Frankenstein. Give her daddy a hug. Uh, my next one is going to be the United States versus Billie Holiday. Okay. Uh, her voice would not be silenced. Billie Holiday spent much of her career being adored by her fans, but in the 1940s, the government targeted her in a growing effort to racialize the war on drugs, ultimately aiming to stop her from singing her controversial hit, Strange Fruit. This was number 68 for me, so an early, early check-in in the 2021 movie marathon. I said... I saw the preview segment on CBS Sunday this morning, <laughs> so I knew it would be good, 
but damn. Props to singer slash first time actress Andra Day. She just happened to have the same or almost the same last name. Andra Day played Billie Holiday to a T. Okay. Well, hanging out right in the middle-ish of my list is the French Dispatch. The French Dispatch. <clears throat> this, the of course, is the newest Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. And um, I believe my Twitter review said each of these stories could be pushed into its own film. Yeah. And I think that would be my only thing I didn't care about for the movie was that we had all of these... Uh, almost like an anthology kind of approach. However, the entire movie is framed like a travel magazine right. from the 1970s. And this is why I love the movie. The four by three format of the film, the graphics, the text, the layout speaks to me as a graphic designer. It looks like a travel magazine all throughout the film. Visually, this is probably my favorite Wes Anderson movie. I don't know where it was. Uh, yesterday while my lovely wife Michelle drink and I were in Charlotte but I saw a book that was called accidental Wes Anderson and it was just pictures of places around the world that look like they could be yeah. in a Wes Anderson movie and he wrote the forward to it my favorite part of the movie was were, were the opening scenes when they're in the offices showing the little upstairs, downstairs of the little French dispatch offices. It's just so quirky and, and, and perfect. And, you know, I'm, I wish people could see me doing this. I'm like making mm -hmm. these little Vogue hand right. gestures showing Wes Anderson, putting pieces where they go, you know, yes. that's what he does best. And I thought that the storylines for several of the vignettes were worthy of their own movies. And, uh, you know, all in all, it's right there. It's right in the middle. I thought of the, that Tilda Swinton was hilarious. Uh, she's great. I thought she was really funny. Uh, I, L Leah Sadu. Oh, Leah Sadu is great. I uh, could watch her mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah, and so she, we can't give anything away, but her role <laughs> in the situation is very... Um, let's just say confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Dichotomous? Yes. But yeah, it's a, it's a neat movie. I really liked it a lot. And uh, I, I'm with you, though. I think your review, uh, you're probably... Gonna I, I am going to mention I'll it. I'll shut so up. We'll, I, agree, I agree with your review. We'll leave okay. it at that. So uh, my next one is going to be Judas and the Black Messiah. This stars Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield. A couple of favorites here on the Chop Shop. Here is your tagline. You can kill a revolutionary, but you can't kill the revolution. The story of Fred Hampton, deputy chairman of the National Black Panther Party, who was assassinated in 1969 by a Cook County tactical unit on the orders of the FBI and Chicago Police Department. So not getting too much into the plot of this, I said... Uh, by the way, this was number 63, another early one. Insanely compelling performances in this dramatic biopic. If you think about it, though, the premise is the inverse of Black Klansman. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. No further questions. Um, my next is Censor. Censor. Now, I'm just tell me what this is. I have no Censor idea. Censor is a horror movie that came out in the first part of the year. And it is set during the era of the uh, British video nasties censorship okay. movement. Okay, I might have seen this. It's a very, very clever horror movie 
where things go off the rails by the third act and you're left kind of sitting there going, what? This sounds very familiar, but maybe you just told me about um, it. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Uh, check out Red Letter Media. They do a great little bit about it. It impressed the fuck out of them, and it impressed the fuck out of me. All right, next is me. I've got the aforementioned Last Night in Soho, and your tagline, When the past lets you in, the truth will come out. A young girl passionate about fashion design is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters her idol, a dazzling wannabe singer. But 1960s London is not what it seems, and time seems to be falling apart with shady consequences. And I think they rec- they uh, represented that time falling apart visually very well. My uh, review, this is number 327 for me. I said, the latest film from auteur director Edgar Wright has many of his stylistic earmarks, but is somehow more ambitious than his previous work. Another home run in my book. I think that uh, now is the time to open another beer. Do it. Um, we're going to open from Resident Culture out of Charlotte. North I was just Carolina. there. You were just there. You didn't bring me any back, by I'm the way. I'm sorry, man. I didn't bring any beer back. Uh, this is the Pilsner called Radical Empathy. Radical, Radical empathy. empathy. I don't think this was on tap while It you was there. not. Uh, we had... We had a couple of good things. We had had lightning drops. See, I don't like lightning drops. Well, it was a um, a double dry hopped, double dry hopped uh, Strata version of lightning drops. It was pretty good, and I can't remember what Michelle had. And then I had a um, ten percenter New England. It was like a triple IPA. Yeah. Yeah. Juice. Juice bomb or juice juice bath. bath. Yeah. All right. So so let's give this a whirl. I think resident culture does some of the finest pilsners in our area. It's delicious. This is beautiful. This blows the last one out of the water. It's crystal clear. It is refreshing. Very light in color. It's Mm -hmm. super refreshing. You could drink a whole six pack of these over one week's time kids mm. one week's time moderation and drink water as well moderation that's delicious i love it that's our second check-in chelsea who's up is it me i believe it's you i just did last night in soho All right. which stands for south of houston something like that i'm gonna check in harder they fall the harder the they harder fall which is a uh western it is on a netflix western on netflix and it's sort of a Homage tribute to the black exploitation western. Yeah. <clears throat> Very uh, evocative of like a Dang- Django Unchained. Yeah, I think um, handled a little bit more subtly though. I agree. Than Tarantino. And if anything, Tarantino is known for his subtlety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's about as uh, subtle as a car wreck. Um, so yeah, I I thought it was great. I thought the cast was fantastic. The uh, the dialogue was snappy, even though it was vulgar, but it was fine. the The action was just beautifully done and mapped out, and uh, it had the it had the big payoff at mm-hmm. the end. So you know, it's, it's it a- felt like a spaghetti western with a predominantly African American cast. Yeah, I thought it was um, fantastic. Delroy Lindo. 
shows up in this, right? Delroy Lindo. I hope I'm pronouncing his. Is he like the sheriff guy? He's one of them. Yeah. My next one is going to be the beta test. Oh, the beta test. Did you watch this? I've not seen it yet. All right. So here's your uh, tagline. Embrace temptation. An engaged Hollywood agent receives a mysterious letter from an anonymous sex for an anonymous sexual encounter and becomes ensnared in a sinister world of lying infidelity and digital data. Okay. So this is from director Jim Cummings. Oh, who also did the wolves of snow hollow and the, the police movie. There's a movie, but he's good. He's up and coming. He's great. He's up in Jim Cummings. Um, so my review, this is number three twenty three for me. Jim Cummings is back with his fourth feature film that once again defies the genre of his previous. This one serves more as an allegory for trust and fidelity with a not so subtle indictment of social media. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's good. You should watch it. All right. My next film is Belfast. Belfast is good. It did not make my list. I was tempted. I'm probably going to get shunned from no, no, the cinematic no, no, community. No, it, it, I was tempted not to include it in my list, but as is the litmus test for my, is it a good movie? Mm -hmm. I'm still debating things within myself. Thinking about it later. This, of course, is the film written and directed by Kenneth Branagh. Mm-hmm. Loosely based on his own childhood experiences. As he put it, a childhood memory. Right. And it's that word that gets me thinking about this movie. Because all the things that I did not like about the film, the Van Morrison soundtrack being mm -hmm. first and foremost. Well, he is from Northern Ireland. I don't give a flying fuck. <laughs> Why don't you do like Edgar Wright and find some great period music mm -hmm. to underscore what you're trying to say instead of being lazy okay. and getting Van Morrison to and do yet it. it's on your list. <laughs> I'll get past that. It's a memory from a child's point of view. And because of that, there's certain elements of the film that make sense when you view it through that lens. The father obviously is a ne'er-do-well mm -hmm. because they're in financial trouble. They owe back taxes. Yet he seems like a heroic guy. He's played by Jamie Dornan, who is as symmetrical as fuck. Mm -hmm. You is. know, he's super handsome. You've got the lady from the Outlander TV series. And, you know, playing the mother. Yep. And then you have these uh, great angelic grandparents. And, you know, you're as a viewer, you're watching this and you're frustrated because you're like, can't you people just get out of town? Don't you realize you need to leave? And But then you think, I'm like, I know people who still live in my hometown mm -hmm. who defend it ardently, even though there's nothing to defend. It has that sheen of nostalgia over it. It's and it's so very well displayed in towards the end of the film where Jamie Dornan's singing uh, "Everlasting Love." Mm -hmm. It looks like a fully produced big band kind of production at this wake, right? And so I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to see what's going on here. This is not presented as fact. This it's is somebody's memory This presented as a nostalgic memory. Gotcha. And so because of that alone, I'm like, okay, it makes the list, but I'm still not in love with this. Movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, obviously. So <laughs> you had a lot to say there. Uh, so speaking, well, I wanted to give you a chance to drink the beer kind of to your point <laughs> about nostalgia and things from the past being erased. Uh, we went to a bookstore 
today, a used bookstore in Charlotte called The Greener Apple. And a shout out to The Greener Apple. They had a great selection of used books. Everything was 50% off today because they are moving. Ask me why they're moving, Sean. Why are they moving? Because the land is more valuable than the retail space. Oh. So it's going to be condos. Oh, God. And so they, they're moving to Center Crossing. Center Crossing. Okay. Yes. Uh, great place. They have a cat. They have a bookstore cat. That doesn't impress me. Oh, you don't like cats. That's well, right. But, but every good bookstore has a cat. Every bookstore has a cat. Every single time. And my next check-in is going to be the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Uh, here's your tagline. They're dying to save the world. Supervillains Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at Belle Reve Prison. Belle Reve Prison join the super secret, super shady Task Force X as they are dropped off at the remote, enemy infused island of Corto Maltese. This was number 203 for me, and I said leaps and bounds better than the first attempt. Better than most DC stuff in the past decade. Great soundtrack. And I can't even look at the poster without hearing that Pixies song. Oh, yeah. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> so this was directed by James Gunn. Yes. This was originally on my list, but it got bumped for okay. a few films that I was like, oh, shit, that came out in 2021. Right. I did enjoy this movie quite a bit. I enjoyed it. I think more than I should have it. There was just some feelies going on and maybe it's just that song. <laughs> I just see that song. The pixies are the key. Yes. Um, my next film is a strange one that we watched this past year. Um, Meander. Meander. And Chelsea Meander. spoke about this Tell me. with a, uh, a double feature. That is this the one did. with the pipes? It's the one with the pipes. Fuck. Um, it is a strange, strange foreign film about a woman who gets abducted by a guy who appears to be a serial killer. Mm -hmm. Then she wakes up in this chamber mm -hmm. and she has to crawl through pipes to survive. She has a, it's a series of tubes. She has a device on her wrist that has a countdown. If mm -hmm. she's not in the spot where she needs to be, imminent death is approaching. This one is a really cool movie with a, as I said, when I started watching it, I thought, oh, God, it's another fucking Saw movie. It's another go from point right. A to point B or die. But it's not. But it's not. Do you remember this game that was for kids? Uh, it involved stacking various, like, slides and shoots and Shoots and, and ladders? Stuff. But no, it was for marbles. <clears throat> you would put marbles in it, and it would go down the various things. Mousetrap. It wasn't mousetrap. I'm trying to remember now. It was like, it was a marble game. Okay. Anyway. Human, the human centipede. Nope. It wasn't that. Thank God. Uh, my next one is going to be South of Heaven. South of Heaven starring Jason Sudeikis, Evangeline Lilly, Shea Wiggum, and Mike Coulter. Convicted felon Jimmy gets early parole after serving 12 years for armed robbery. Upon his release, he vows to give Annie, his childhood love, now dying from cancer, the best years, the best last years of her life. Unfortunately, it's not that simple. 
my review is pretty vague. It was number 283 for me. Wasn't sure what to expect. Turns out I really enjoyed it, especially the final act. No follow-up questions. No questions. What do you got next? Um, I've got Shiva Baby. I thought this was 2020. Um, you know what? It was 2020. I saw it on one list as 2021. Yeah, I guess it depends, but it's a great movie. Let's talk about it. Um, yeah, let's talk about it. Shiva, baby. At a Jewish funeral service with her parents, a college student runs into her sugar daddy. Yep. Uh, you want to talk about the squirmiest, cringiest, most uncomfortable yeah. movie. Do not watch this with your Jewish parents. <laughs> it's... It's funny. It's but, quite funny. But the, the, the palpability of the film just is that that claustrophobic feeling of I can't get out of this space. Mm-hmm. I'm trapped here with my parents and all of these grieving people in my circle. And, and for the Gentiles out there, uh, Shiva is the mourning period, the wake, basically. Yeah, uh, the wake is probably the easiest uh, way to compare it. There's your sugar daddy. Yes. And... He makes things even more uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it just spirals out of control from there. I think he could have played it a little better. See, again, this, this goes back to that whole, uh, the, the release date production date. I believe Shiva baby was not released until the spring. We'll also mention that it is based on a short film of the same name. Correct. All right. My next one is going to be a movie you already mentioned. So I'll make it brief. It's called the harder they fall. The tagline is, a new day is dawning. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. Gunning for revenge, outlaw Nat Love saddles up with his gang to take down enemy Rufus Buck, a ruthless crime boss who just got sprung from prison. This was number 328 for me. Uh, Outstanding Western that checks all the boxes and creates some from scratch. Ensemble cast includes Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Zazie Bates, Regina King, Lakeith Stanfield, and Delroy Lindo. My next film is a strange one. It's called A Classic Horror Story. Okay. I don't know that I've seen this. Uh, This is a foreign film, and I'm wanting to say it's uh, um, Italian... Polish. I mean, it, I can't remember what it's some form of European European film, and it's a suspense film where strangers are traveling uh, in southern Italy, and they become stranded in the woods. And when they, I'm in the woods. Well, they they stop and pull over on the side of the road. But when they wake up, never they, do that. But when they wake up the next day. Their RV thing is in the middle of a field. What? And they have to figure out. They find a cabin. They have in, lost time. They find a cabin in the woods. Mm-hmm. And, and they have to figure out what's going on. What's it called? A classic horror story. Huh. And there's a twist. That we're not going to reveal. I can't reveal the twist, but uh, it's it's cool. It, it's a good one. I liked it a lot. I thought it was very smart. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, my next one is, I think, the only animated film on my list this year. It wasn't a, I guess there are some some Disney and Pixar movies that are going to be nominated for Best Animated Feature, but mine is called The Mitchells vs. the Machines. 
Saving the world can be a trip. So a quirky, dysfunctional family road trip is upended when they find themselves in the middle of the robot apocalypse and suddenly become humanity's unlikeliest last hope. It was number 125 for me. It was directed by Michael Rianda, and this was her feature film debut, I guess. Michael is a, is a dude, maybe. It, that person's feature film debut, uh, I said it was a gem. Wacky animated family road trip uh, film with great with a great message about over-dependence on technology. Gotcha. It's good. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. It's also um, from the humans that brought you Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and the Lego movie. Oh, gotcha. Uh, the last one on my list was produced and finished in 2019, but was released in 2021. St. Maud. St. Maud was scary and good. You've got a very pious nurse who becomes obsessed <laughs> with religion and religious imagery and uh, things get crazy as fuck. I liked it a lot. It was an A24 joint and it was worth the wait, I think. All right. Well, I guess because we had a little bit of overlap, I've got a few more. Well, that's fine. I've got a couple of honorable mentions. That'll be so my next check in is going to be the aforementioned The French Dispatch. And this, of course, is Wes Anderson's newest film. The staff of a European publication decides to publish a memorial edition highlighting the three best stories from the last decade. An artist sentenced to life imprisonment, student riots, and a kidnapping resolved by a chef. Um, I'm laughing about the about the student riots. <laughs> it's it's so funny. The movies the movie is funny if you like Wes Anderson movies. It was number 357 for me, so pretty recently saw this. Perhaps Wes Anderson's most ambitious project yet. The ensemble cast is an undertaking in itself. I wonder if he might have tried to pack too much into one movie though. And I think that's what you were yeah, referring exactly. to earlier and do you think that he and Edgar Wright are actively competing against each other? <laughs> I don't think so. They've got, they have a chalkboard and they're like, tally one for me, mate. <laughs> one point for Gryffindor. Yes, exactly. All right, so I'm going to give you some honorable mentions. Then. Okay. Um, the first one is going to go to the film uh, directed by James Wan. Okay. That did Aquaman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Basically, Warner Brothers gave him carte blanche to do what he wanted to, and they're going to release it on HBO Max. So he turned out Malignant. Oh, I still haven't seen Malignant. You've been telling me to watch it since October. This thing is off the rails, crazy town, stupid. But at the same time, it's like, this is why you don't. I hear it wins you over. Well, it does win you over, but this is why you just don't turn a director loose and say, go make us a movie and come back with it and we'll, we'll run it. Um, it starts out like a pretty tightly woven, creepy suspense story. Mm -hmm. And then it turns straight into basket case from, yes. from like the early eighties. It's crazy, stupid, outrageous, and awesome. Hell yeah. It's not a great film. It's a it's an I awful just, movie, but it's great. I have to wait until my lovely wife Michelle drink is taking a nap and I'll watch it. 
<laughs> All right, I've got two more, as it were. That's fine. I've got one more honorable mention that works out just fine. All right, so my next one is The Last Duel. The Last Duel, the starring, newest thing from Ridley Scott, star- starring Matt Damon, Matt Ben Affleck, wait, 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 wait. Adam Driver, <laughs> and Jodie Comer. I thought you said it was Matt Shonman. At the time, did yeah. I say that? You said you and Marco both said he looked like me for some reason. Oh, in the movie, he does kind of look like you. Uh, just for the record, although he has a mullet, which you are not currently sporting. Not yet. I could work on it. You got something else going on over there? Yeah, I'm opening another beer. This is Free Skate. This is another resident culture beer. This is their IPA, 7%. They did have this on tap, I believe. A little bit of a They had a lot of IPAs on. They do a great job with their IPAs too, although I'm more of a fan of their lagers and pilsners. But yeah, this one's got all the the great... Now, does this... This, uh fat green cactus mascot man have a name uh it's me i pose for that no that's not true all right so once again the last duel directed by ridley scott the true story of a woman who defied a nation and made history king charles the sixth declares that knight jean de carouge settle settle his dispute with his squire by challenging him to a duel. Um, my review is number 337. The structure, the structure of telling the tale from three different perspectives was brilliant. It's what we call the Rashomon yep. treatment. Yep. Uh, the same story from the different people who were involved, the figures who were involved in that story and how... Uh, their testimony might differ in court. So my final honorable mention goes to the film that was produced and finished in 2020, but was released January 22nd, 2021. It was the elixir that we needed to cure us yes. of 2020 and the Trump hangover slash insurrection slash mm-hmm. never going to give it up movement. I'm talking about Psycho Goreman. Psycho Goreman is a 2020 film. It was released 2021. Uh, January 22nd. It in, in 2020. Look it up. All right. Well, I loved this movie. We all gushed over it. Uh, Joey Poole was here to witness it. And I love this pick. It's great for anybody out there who has not seen it. Please do go watch Psycho Goreman. There you go. Um, but on my letterbox, it says 2020. <laughs> I've got one more, and this is a late edition. This is Red Rocket. Red Rocket. Now, this is from director Sean Baker, who also did Tangerine and the Florida Project. Okay. And so here's your description. Finding himself down and out in Los Angeles, an ex-porn star, Mikey Saber, decides to crawl back to his hometown of Texas City, Texas, where his estranged wife and mother-in-law are living. Just as this dysfunctional family seems to be making things work, Mikey meets a young woman named Strawberry working the cash register at a local donut shop. Uh, This was my number 366 new a24 release exactly the kind of raw hyper realistic and uncomfortably dark comedy you would expect from this director 
Uh, it's got a little more polish. He's got a little bit more budget, obviously. Uh, the only reason I didn't give it five stars is because there's a lot of dong. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, the the main actor Simon Rex is a, he's really funny. He's really good in the movie, but he also like hangs <laughs> hangs dong. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my last one. Awesome, man. If you were held at gunpoint and had to pick one movie out of your list, what would it be? I, I keep going back to language lessons. I love language this movie. lessons. It's not the best movie in the world. No, but it hits me in all the feelies. It makes me happy. It makes me optimistic about people. And there you go. You know, I liked it. Um, if I had to pick one, I'm still, I'm still going with that suicide squad. movie. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I like another it a lot. feel good movie. All right. So do you know, what next week's episode is, sir? We're doing uh, Lee Van Cleef movies. Lee Van Cleef. He was a character actor. He was known mostly for spaghetti westerns. Yes, such as for a few for a few dollars more, a fistful of dollars, and the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, for you, sir, and for the chop shoppers out there, and for anybody coming out to Seminar Brewing next Wednesday for trivia, right answers with wrong, Travis. Which one was he in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? Was he the good, the bad, or the ugly? He was the bad. He was the bad. You're right. You got that really fast. I love that movie. Is there anything that you would like to plug this week? Nope. No plugs from Sean. Uh, I want to plug, once again, the Greener Apple used bookstore in Charlotte, North Carolina. Make sure you go and check them out at your at their new location at Central Crossing. Center? Is it Center Street or Central Street? Center Crossing. I don't know. And most of all, we want to thank you, the Chop Shoppers. Thank you for listening to us. And tell all your friends about us. But most of all, please remember to... Watch Chop Retrofit. And Happy New Year! Happy, happy!